that has drowned with the spit of spark Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Tome to the Weather Machine podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hall, and for this episode, I sit down with Stephen Molyneux. Molyneux? Molyneux? Molyneux. We, we get into it in, in the podcast, I'm terrible with names. And Frank Baugh, otherwise known as Sparkling Wide Pressure. So, both of them have been around for a while, um, producing music um, under, uh, well, Stephen under his given name, and then... Frank under uh, Sparkling Wide Pressure. They were in town uh, playing a show at the Listing Loon, and then afterwards we went out and saw some spoken word poetry that was, mm, you, well, you know. it was, But it was fun nonetheless. It was great to have them in town. Um, they played fantastic sets at a really, uh, one of my favorite places to take in sort of ambient music, um, the Listing Loon here in Cincinnati. Uh, if you're if you're a musician, I, I encourage you to come and play the city. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll help you book the show. Uh, I'm big on hospitality. I'm I'm big on trying to get you the best show you can. Um, it's a little off the beaten path, but it's it's a good time. Um, so anyway, in this in this conversation, I I really hope you appreciate the dynamics of all three of us. Uh, it was 2 a.m. I was very tired. Listening back, it sounds like I was on codeine. Um, I, I wasn't, I was just, I was just very, very tired. Um, but Frank, uh, is, is such an affable character and Steven is, is so demure and soft-spoken, but also very, has a very, very wry sense of humor that I really appreciate. It's a, it's a good dynamic. It's a, it's a good interview. I, um, I had a good time doing it. Um, like all of these podcasts, we sort of talk about origin stories. We talk about some of their shared history, um, which, um, Steven was in this uh, band called A Poet Named Revolver. It was a high school band. And if you listen to some of the names involved in that, it's pretty incredible. Um, I wish my high school band uh, sounded somewhat remotely close to that. Um, my high school band lasted one practice, and then they said, uh, you need to go learn to play the guitar, and I never did. Um, and that's why I'm taking bass lessons right now, um, or I'm learning, kind of teaching myself how to play bass. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a good time. Um, it's a good time. 
I hope you enjoy it. Uh, both uh, Stephen uh, Stephen has a new album out um, called The Shape of Clouds to Come, which if you haven't picked up, um, I highly encourage that you do it. It's out on La Station Radar, a fantastic French label um, that's put out some of my favorite stuff in the couple uh, past couple years. Um, and then Frank has a relatively new record out on No Kings, uh, called, I believe it's called Cloud and Stairs. Anyway, it's, it's in, on my record player downstairs, um, it, which I've been listening to pretty much nonstop um, as I've been performing household chores um, as well as reading. Uh, we just got a new couch downstairs, which is like totally change up our whole, my whole like listening, reading dynamic. It's going to be amazing. Also got an um, a old car. Um, that has a tape player in it, which is like clutch, which has totally revolutionized my tape listening um, experience. So if you're looking, if you're in the market for an old, or if a new, in the market for a new car, definitely um, look at ones with tape players, which don't exist anymore. So definitely be looking around like you know, 2000 to you know 2001 Volvos and Saturns. So, uh, anyway, I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. It's, it's fun. I had, I had a good time. Um, I've got two ones after this that I've recorded with out-of-towners um, who've been through Cincinnati on tour. Um, so stick around. Well, uh, stay tuned or pay attention for those. They'll be, they'll be good ones. Trust me. Um, I, I really enjoy these conversations. So, anyway, hope you enjoy. Bye. To the um, computer's internal mic. Is that the waveform picture down below? Yeah. That is really intense. In like predator heat yes. wave. <laughs> yes, I'm into that. Yeah, so you, you guys actually, we gotta get closer. We gotta get closer? Yeah. We gotta snuggle up. Where's yeah, we the do. Mic? The okay. mic is somewhere on this contraption. Huff, 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 there you huff, go. It's picking you up. Huff, huff. Hey guys. <laughs> Wait, let, let's, let, let's, let's let Steven. Hey guys, thanks for having me on the radio show. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's different. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks yeah. for the podcast. So I'm sitting here with Frank Bow. Ba. 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 That's okay. That's okay. You can pronounce any way you want it. Ryan, I'll let you pronounce it. Stephen Molyneux. 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 Yeah, I suck. This is already. This is already going on. This is already. Getting off to a terrible start. I apologize. Um, so, like I said, I'm 
sitting here with these two gentlemen um, who <laughs> I'm not going to repeat their names because um, you just heard it. Um, but Frank records under sparkling wide pressure. Steven records under his God-given name, Stephen Molyneux. 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 Uh, they just performed two really wonderful sets at a very sparsely populated uh, show here in Cincinnati. Um, unfortunately, everybody seemed to be at a spoken word <laughs> poetry night. We tracked them down, though. We tracked them down, and we said, we said, we you should have been at the show. And we, we should have said that. We actually just politely left. We, we, we politely, we, we <laughs> politely clapped <laughs> after some really terrible spoken word poetry. That's okay. Yeah, but whatever. Um, I should edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Because people who were there might listen to that. They will. And they um, know where I am. They know. They'll, they'll smear my name all over town. Oh, so smeared. Uh, so, yeah. I, I haven't really given this much thought. Um, not that I give any of these podcasts. What's the name of your podcast again? Tome to the Other Machine podcast. Okay. It's just as unwieldy as the website name. I, um, I, so, that is quite unwieldy. Yeah. So, I'm like, let's, you know, people can't pronounce it and people mispronounce it all the time. So, let's go with it. Um, Should we start over? No, this is, no, this is this is how it goes. This is how it goes. This is how it goes. Okay. This is how it goes. It's, right. li- it's going out to the world. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Um. So yeah. They, so I don't know if you, you guys haven't listened to my podcast. And that's fine. I haven't just because I didn't know it existed. <laughs> no, yeah. Not because I didn't want to. <laughs> if I knew it existed, I would have listened to it. How many episodes have you done? How many? Uh, how many? Like maybe seven. Okay, I don't feel too bad. Yeah, it's in it's in its infancy. Um, but what I what I kind of like to do is uh, I like to explore um, origin stories. Okay. Um, so how did I like to explore how did two nice young men mm-hmm. get into experimental music? Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like there is some point in people's lives where. They take uh, a step off the beaten path, and there's uh, maybe a couple important albums um, that uh, made them look at music differently, or um, you know maybe it's a, a background in the arts um, that make you look at mm-hmm. um, music in in a in a different way than uh, you know maybe the normal music trajectory of um, sidebar. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Steve just gave me a, a quick soundbar because we actually have a shared history. Ah. And we were actually talking about this. The, so we, we had a, a nice drive today. Steve drove. And I, I thank him for that because I have issues sometimes with driving. Steve drove and I talked to him. We talked a lot. And, and we like to talk about our history sometimes. And one of the big things, if you want to talk about experimental sounds uh we had a shared collective experience back in college which was an unsuspecting state university middle tennessee state university i'm gonna give it a shout out right now and you know guys i, I learned what to do if you like what you hear you give a little whoop whoop it's <laughs> okay um nobody so, knows that so uh, that. so <laughs> we'll just play, we'll uh, clap politely okay so we <laughs> We um, we were 
we met actually in a couple different classes. Uh, we had different majors. I was a, a fine arts major, and um, Steve, what were you doing at the time? Uh, photography, I think, at the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we both coalesced under um, the banner of, of one of my mentors, and I'll give him a shout out, Tom Thayer. Whoop, whoop. Tom I, Thayer. You know, if, if Tom Thayer listens to this, I, I would be delighted. Honestly, and, and honestly, if anybody who knows Tom listens to this, I would also be equally delighted. Tom is a, an extremely talented visual artist who went on to work at City College in, in New York. And uh, at the time, it, it, he would happen to land in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, of all places. And uh, as it, he is a true avant-garde um, individual, and as such, he people gravitated towards him like like a like a beacon almost and he would host uh, a number of things on campus one of the one of the things that Steve Steve and I um, really enjoyed and, and kind of collaborated with was the group sound collage night and and we were both uh, I had been introduced already to that sort of music and um, I'm sure you you had been too Steve at some point yeah yeah somewhat so we knew kind of what it was but uh that dynamic of going into uh a, a, a kind of a classroom setting if you if any, any MTSU alumni know the art barn which was a former dairy barn it was it is no longer there it has been destroyed and uh we went in there and Tom instructed us to in these sound collage kind of activities uh, including some kind of group improv exercises, as well as some kind of instructional-based stuff, performance art kind of stuff. Um, that was one of the things that Steve, Steve and I both were, we didn't know each other very well at that point, and we were kind of getting to know each other. We were in a, a world music class mm. together at the time. And uh, that was kind of, that's our shared origin story, I guess, more or less. And, and like that was like, boom. This is rocking yeah, so from worlds. there we're kind of um, interested in doing something on our own, you know, outside of uh, the group sound collage um, setting, but kind of in the same vein. So we started our own sort of group with friends, kind of share friends. You can name we'll drop them, because I, I think, yeah, I think we'll some of the podcast them. listeners... Yeah, we might, we, we might have some people who understand who I'm talking about. But let's, let's go ahead and... The, uh, the group uh, is called Corsair Everywhere. Corsair Everywhere. Um, Featuring... I'm going to drop TJ Richards. TJ Richards. Of uh, Trabajo. Of Trabajo. Trabajo. Mm -hmm. Lee Noble. Lee Noble, Lee Noble of Lee Noble. And No Kings Record Cadre. That's right. Uh, who we just hung out with yesterday in Nashville and nice. played a show with. Is he there now, or is he no? He's back in he's, LA now? he's in LA, so he's visiting okay. his family. We oh, all okay. kind of we get together in Nashville because oh, everybody nice. has some connections there. Yeah, um, and Caleb Steelman right. and Patrick Singleton, Sam Steelman, Sam Steelman. We we there's people that uh, maybe the like uh, internet doesn't know about. Doesn't mean they're any less important to us. <laughs> Uh, Steve and I, they're part of our kind of personal mythology almost when we look back at our musical history. Um, we were actually listening to a, um, a pretty amazing demo from Caleb on our way up here. We stopped and visited him and he's just, he's one of these people, um, which I, you know, there's, 
I'm sure there's tons of other people out there that just make amazing music on their own and are pretty hesitant to share it with people. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't get out there, except the occasional friend who begs to hear what they're doing gets a little demo occasionally. And uh, if you're lucky, you'll, you'll hear more. He actually had a tape on No Kings, though. Ah. One of the first ones. Yes, one of the first ones. K-Lub. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think um, some people just can't wait to rush stuff out to the masses and some people <laughs> yeah, just like have no intention? Because I'm thinking of like these sort of like yeah. mythological people like, you know, like Arthur Russell, you know, who have, who has, you know, mountains and mountains of tapes mm -hmm. that um, I don't know if we're, we're ever... Mm -hmm. uh, or Prince. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're ever going to be released. Yes, yeah. Or, yeah, 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 for, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. There's, oh, I, I think there's a number of reasons. Uh, there's the, you got to be a little, <laughs> you got to be a little, a little full of yourself to even think anybody else would want to care <laughs> to hear what you're right. doing in your, your bedroom or wherever you're recording. So you have to have a little bit of that. Um, t for me, though, it was wanting to, have a dialogue with other creators and other uh, fans of, of this kind of niche genre, you know, wanting to engage with them in some way, whether it was through just a couple tapes or CDRs or, or whatever. So you're kind of putting the beacon out there and the means of production are such that you can, that you can do it without mm -hmm. like really uh, also like breaking the bank. I looked up to those people like that was kind of a, you know, I saw people doing stuff that I, 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 I said, you know, I, I can be a part of this or it's not uh, overblown. It's not like a rock star kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I can I can contribute somehow. But I think I think having like the dialogue, you know, any any time you put something out there, you're going to have a reaction, even if it's very, very small. Mm -hmm. um, there's a desire on my part to have some sort of impact on a listener and to have a reaction. And also, you know, just like the love of uh, almost unheard gems or, or things that are dug up years later or my love of like uh, English experimental music. You know, I'm a big, big fan of like uh, Coil and Current 93 and those Richard kinds. Young's. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah, Richard. Well, Richard Young's is like a whole other spectrum. Yeah, yeah. But he's he's somebody that I was introduced from a roommate of mine that he was like, you're, you're like him. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I can see but I, I didn't think of it uh, as much as I think of it as it's certainly a compliment. I mean, I think he's accomplished a lot more. But I, I can see the the resemblance in it's not somebody who's a rock star. It's not somebody who wants to have that kind of level of fame, but it's somebody who wants to. Uh, who, who thinks enough of their own work that they want to get it out there. Mm -hmm. I think that, that for me, came from visual art as well, wanting mm. to have some sort of a voice. Sure. And do you guys think that the... Uh, this is something I've, I talked to Crawford a lot about. Do you guys think the internet sort of amplifies that? That, like, you're kind of in this echo chamber um, sometimes of, like, pe like, of people who listen to the same kind of music, um, dig the same kind of things, because um, I, I feel like, especially in planning Gold Rush, like Crawford and I are like, oh, let's get this person. They're huge. 
and then, and then we like bring it to the rest of the team and they're like who? And I'm like oh no but they got written up in this one thing and you know like oh they put out a vinyl on you know this like you know boutique label and stuff like that do you guys feel like um the the internet sort of like maybe amplifies or or maybe makes broader the 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 niche that maybe I don't know actually exists or maybe from what we've seen tonight like it, it disperses it you know <laughs> like maybe there's mm. always going to be like a base level of people mm. who are like in in I don't know like into quote unquote experimental music but it's like anyone can access it so it's like dispersed across like the entire globe rather than just like you know pockets of that form kind of naturally mm. in cities I don't know thoughts <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean it depends too like depending on who you're talking about audience wise like you know some of my family came tonight and I don't think they really had much of a concept of what experimental music really even was you know um or is and which has its own you know value of you know exposing people who have no idea you know like what's experimental music what's you know because they're my brother-in-law was like I don't think I've ever been to a rock concert before. You know? Right. It's not really going to be a rock yeah, yeah, yeah. concert. Yeah, yeah, you're going to sit down some comfy leather chairs. And... That, well, that's, and that's interesting. I think that goes back to what, what you're saying, Ryan, about uh, <laughs> being in an echo chamber. Thinking something is more um, visible than it really is, mm -hmm. or thinking something that has a farther reach than it does. Because, I mean, and Steve, Steve and I were talking about this uh, earlier today, about, uh, you know, Steve's record came out and uh, on a French label, mm -hmm. Station Radar. And so Steve's getting getting some attention in, in France. I mean, maybe not a, a huge amount, but he's getting some more attention in France than he's getting in Colorado, in Colorado where, he, where he's living right now. So, and also, your, your name sounds French. It is French. <laughs> that helps, that helps. Oh. <laughs> I, I certainly think that's, that's the case. I, you know, I'm a super introvert and, I'm, and I, I like the internet because of that you know because I'm an introvert and I like to just like crawl into a corner that has things I like and uh, speaks to me mm -hmm. in some way and it's easy to get lost and think uh, not realize the larger culture as a whole is not really paying attention to this and it is a, a deep underground subculture um, and the internet is great because it connects people from all over the globe who are into that kind of deep underground subculture. But it's amazing to me whenever uh, doing doing a show, you look at me, see a, a crowd. I'm I'm always amazed. I'm like, wow, you know, these people are, are coming out too. Like yeah. when when I did uh, Gold Rush, it was like this is uh, amazing. And um, I've had a couple other opportunities where that's happened, and um, I'm always surprised and yeah, delighted. Yeah, like where. I, I feel like the same thing too, like when, when I book a show sometimes and it is like, it, it draws people out, you know, and it's it maybe a little bit more, I don't know, like avant-garde, experimental or, or whatever, and, and people come out of the woodwork. I'm I'm so interested in them. It's like, yes. because yeah. uh, you're kind of seeing like a, somebody in a certain tribe or something like that. Yeah. And that's why I like this podcast is because I, I get to like reach out to them. Yeah. And, 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 and. <laughs> have this formal conversation so i feel like maybe we've gotten um we, we're, we're sort of like at the end of the podcast like where where we're uh where we're just discussing like 
experimental music sort of as uh, like a concept or as yeah, a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, what I'd like to do is I'd kind of like to take it back a little bit. We kind of got um, where you guys met in college, and so it was yeah, Middle yeah. Tennessee Middle State. Tennessee State Middle t- University and, MTSU, and it, and it sounds like they, <laughs> they had like a pretty decent like arts program, amazing arts program, That's cool. amazing fine art. And, and the thing is, I is it well um, known? Is it like no renowned <laughs> outside of no, Tennessee? I, here's I think the recording industry the recording industry is, is known known program, yeah. very much known yes that is their that is their hallmark the fine arts program when I was there and I, I'll, I'll speak honestly about it I think it was almost a fluke hmm. that the people who were there just happened to land there hmm. and a lot of it has to do with with uh, talking to these people that are no longer there has to do with the com- incredible competitiveness of trying to land a uh, fine arts professor job. Oh, and sure. So people have to be willing to move anywhere. Yeah, and so that was in Murfreesboro, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Bro. So this is this is not a bubble, uh, bustling metropolitan area. This is a right. very rural uh, area where we have more strip malls and mega churches mm. per capita than anybody else. I mean, I I I, I doubt you could find more. <laughs> But uh, somehow, when we were there, and I've talked with friends that were at the program during the same time I was, which was uh, early 2000s, um, we had some people there, and I, I know there's some of them are still there, but, but some of the key players, like Tom, has, has moved on, and, and uh, Cindy Ream has moved on. Um, people that were just like way more experimental, way more out there, way more edgy than anything Tennessee was ready for. And was that well... Re- Accepted. I mean, it sounds like you guys not, gravitated not as a it. whole, not uh-huh. as a whole. But what it did was it provided this incredible inspiration for the people who who saw it. Like, sure. Wow, this is somebody who is following a uh, very personal, introspective kind of way of making art, and um, and they're they're doing it for real, and they're believing in themselves, and they're doing something that is so personal that it's almost uncomfortable. And I love that. I love the uncomfortableness of that, like so personal. Um, and that's something I think a lot about in my music, and that's and that's why yeah. I'm okay with. Uh, and and I, you know, I'm I'm okay with not necessarily having a uh, a big notoriety because I don't think it's ever going to because I I want stuff to be almost uncomfortably personal. Um, I'll tell you right now, uh, looking at looking at Steve over there tonight. And I'm not. I'm not scared to to say this tonight. I was listening to Steve's set, and I've I've heard these songs a, a few times. I have I have his his uh, record, the newest record, listened to, and I've, of course heard his music as he's grown it, into it. And uh, tonight, I just got really touched by by the songs. And I don't know if it was the intimacy of the setting. There wasn't a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. I was in a very nice leather chair, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of hanging out. But the um, it really struck me, and I don't think uh, I don't think I was immediately struck the way I was after hearing it a few times. Mm-hmm. And I think that that says something about the the intimacy of the lyrics, the delivery of the the vocals. And you know, we talk about experimental. Uh, that word is a troubling word. For yeah, me. yeah. I think just for a lot of people, I just don't. I haven't found anything else. There's nothing else, else that... to say sums it up there's but there's something unusual about uh steve's approach to maybe like a somewhat traditional like song form Mm -hmm. it's unusual it is a little um uh, 
too too close to home, too personal. You almost feel like you're too drawn in, um, and that's what I love about it. That's what I love. I love that that almost you know it's almost embarrassingly close. Yeah, yeah, and I I think I think that's um, I think one of the great hallmarks of the uh, of the whole I don't know it's not a genre but just like people who maybe fall into that camp is that um, the it's not polished you very rarely um, there's a lot it's it's a constant uh, like exploration into both craft and like the emotional uh, drive that that, that that brings it out so in in kind of that um, in that vein uh, Stephen I kind of want to start with you um, kind of talking about an origin story um, you grew up you said in in uh, in Ohio? Northwest Ohio. I was born in Toledo. Toledo. <laughs> I don't want to say it's new. New Toledo. You know, Toledo, Toledo's city in Spain, but it's Northwest Ohio. We, we, it's close we, to Detroit. We do that. We do that so much in Ohio. We take old cities and then we just like totally <laughs> mess up the, the, the pronunciation. Yeah. Like, um, like Madeira and um, what else? Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon, you know. We have that as yeah. well in, in Tennessee. Yeah, I, was, I grew up in a <laughs> suburb of Toledo, and um, my family moved to Middle Tennessee when I was 14, just starting high school. And was that, where was that? Was it Nashville? Franklin, okay. Tennessee, which is where Lee Noble's from. Uh, also where uh, Jeffrey Sexton, who's also in Horse River, was living. That's right, that's right. Um... And T.J. Richards is also mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. So T.J. And, and Lee and I all met in high school uh, in Franklin and ended up starting a band together called Poet Named Revolver that Caleb Steelman was also in. Which is like the best high school band I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was like college. Well, we, met in, we met in high school, oh, but we okay. didn't really get it going it was college. Yeah, there were some... I've okay. heard the high school demos, actually. Yeah. They do exist. They're very rare. We were doing some stuff in high school, but, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunities yeah. for us in any way, but... You get... You get I was... I, I told Steve on the way up... We're having some confessionals on the way up here. I told yeah, Steve... I, I admitted I was a super fan of this band in college. I... Uh, there wasn't a lot happening in Murfreesboro I was interested in, and, and, you know, Steve and I met, and I kind of introduced Steve to some of the people that would play with him, too, so it was... So you and TJ and Lee all went to the same college? No, um, we all went to the same high school, mm -hmm. and TJ and I ended up being roommates in college for a while, and Lee went off to school in Boston, mm. uh, Emerson in Boston for film school, um, so he was kind of, um, you know, not around for some of the early poet stuff, where we had some replacement ba bass players, like Frank did some. I did some, some shows on bass. I can't, get, oh, I can't nice. say I was the best, but <laughs> I was one of one of several. Yes. But uh, yeah, so we were weren't always a complete band. Um, but so yeah, we kind of just put together one album after Lee got back, and then kind of fizzled or parted ways after that, and didn't really come out right away and then got it out on tape it was like 50 copies on nail bat tapes and then re-released it on no kings last year which is when 
a lot more people heard it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, That's when I heard it. And we're like, I've never heard of this band before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now. But, uh, and yeah, so, but, yeah, we broke up. It was like 2007. But, yeah, you know, it was, I think, a band that, um, we were trying to do something different, you know, trying to do something different from what was going on around locally. And what was going on around locally? Anything? Same stuff that is now. Like, kind of yeah, like it's just pop like, rock, sort of yeah. like, you know, some of it was more influenced by country and stuff, but mm-hmm. we were trying to do something different, more into like post-punk, and um, we were also influenced by playing together in Horse or Everywhere, you know, like trying to um, integrate some of the openness of improvisation um, into the more structured song forms. So, I mean, growing up in um, middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. Tennessee, um, I mean, I don't know. It's close to Nashville. It's close. Yeah, to, it's close to Nashville. So that, that's like yeah. And 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 and, 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 and part of me for thinking that you know like oh like Tennessee is you know middle of nowhere. Now I've been through Nashville. <laughs> Nashville's a wonderful city. It they've is, got a it they've is. got a thriving music scene from Absolutely. what I've from what I've understood. But um, so growing up in in Tennessee, um, wh- when did you guys grow up? How how old are you guys? I'm thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, like so same, I'm thirty. Yeah. 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 So kind of like. You know, in high school we had the internet, but it wasn't like what we have now. You know, mm-hmm. you can maybe download a couple of MP3s or something like that. Um, <laughs> what, 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 what was, what were some early, some early discoveries that kind of made you want to veer off this course? <clears throat> then, um, you know, a lot of it sounds like your your peers who were playing music. Um, we really liked bands like. We were like Dirty Three from Australia. How did you? How did you hear about Dirty Three? Uh, I think like, it was. That's, um, that's what blows my mind. Uh, I think it was TJ's girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Okay. Listening to that and like she was really cool, probably. Clearly. Yeah, yeah clearly. Really, <laughs> really, I really liked uh, the Raincoats a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt like they were kind of an influence for sure. Bands like Sonic Youth liked, you know. Um, but also stuff like um, the Carter family and Gene Ritchie, you know, like mm-hmm. really uh, kind of old-timey um, folk stuff that I think was sort of, we were trying to sort of bridge, mm. I think, some of that. Um, which I think would be sort of the mission, part of the mission of the band, probably. <laughs> trying to do something that was like mm-hmm. in between like like traditional folk and like experimental post-punk sort mm-hmm. of stuff trying yeah. to like meet in the middle maybe um I guess that's the easiest way to explain oh, cool. <laughs> let, let me have it let me have a chance <laughs> yeah go for I'm, it I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I want to talk about this so much this is my, my favorite thing to talk about is like my musical history yeah man go, I, go for I, it uh, so <laughs> so like Steve I, ha- I also had a band mine was a true high school band though in the sense that we we were fully developed in high school so i say that because i don't want to have a whole lot of flack for it because okay so i want you to picture this you know middle tennessee what is the the least likely genre for a a middle tennessee high school band i'll go ahead and tell you it's a goth rock band nice <laughs> yes so yes. um uh <laughs> like 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 who 
Because I think sometimes yeah. we have different ideas of what God. Sure, is. sure, sure. Okay. So what God? <laughs> what God were you drawn so from? So glad you asked me that. Again, <laughs> it's something I just I just love to talk about. Yeah, it's yeah. part of my my history. I was super attracted to the early 80s idea of what mm. goth looked like. Okay. And that's what I wanted it to be. And it was a good example of living in this microcosm. Early internet, so mm-hmm. you could you could find things. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it was, it was you know, listen to a lot of Bauhaus, mm-hmm. listen to a lot of The Cure, mm-hmm. um, you know, any of, any of that stuff, even like some death rock stuff, whatever I could get my hands on. But then I, I got bored with that, but I was still really into this goth thing. So I, you know, I'm like, were, were you were you a quote unquote goth in high school? Absolutely. Okay. I would I would take that role with pride as as a high school. So so I'm letting the cat out of the bag. You know, this, this is what I do. Paint, you know, paint, I, paint, paint, paint a picture for us. It's a lot of black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of black. Uh, I I I. Um, a lot of leather. No, I, okay. I had a little bit of... I was more of like a Robert Smith style okay. goth. I, I was more of a soft goth, you okay. know, in that sense. The, and then White here, Foundation? No, I, okay. I couldn't pull that off. My parents yeah, wouldn't yeah, let yeah, me yeah. either. Like, I, I, I was more just like a soft Robert Smith casual gotcha, goth. Gotcha. But here's the thing. Here's, here's where I got tripped up was... I wanted kind of other things that fit into this mold, so I so I started looking on the internet. You know, what other kind of music can I get into? It was, it was really all about the music for me. Uh, so I, I from there I got into shoegaze. I was like, mm. oh, what's this thing? Yeah, so, yeah. so I started listening to Slow Dive and My Bloody Valentine. Okay, I love this. This is awesome. Uh, I'm gonna say it's goth. It's not goth, but yeah, you know, whatever. It comes from me. <laughs> and then I, I got really into uh, 4AD, early 4AD bands. Mm-hmm. So that was my, and that's something I still go back to as kind of like a, a musical touchstone. So uh, love, you know, This Mortal Coil, mm-hmm. Dead Can't Dance, mm-hmm. Cocteau Twins, mm-hmm. any of that kind of ethereal, sensitive stuff. I'm a sensitive man. I'm a very sensitive man. Uh, I have a lot of feelings. Um, I like I like you know stuff that's a little uncomfortable. Maybe you wouldn't want to play it for people because you're not a tough guy anymore. Right, right, right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's that's my musical heritage, and from there, uh, I didn't get into the really experimental stuff until uh, I guess quote unquote kind of noisy stuff until I would hear stuff on like. Uh, you get you go to like a UCD store. We had a goth compilation, mm-hmm. you know, and they just pour whatever they had on there. And there was an artist named Slugbait. I'll never forget mm. Slugbait. I don't know what this person is doing now, but they were the first like harsh noise thing I heard. And my friends and I were just laughing at it. What is this? You know, this is this is insane. Um, and I'm not a huge like harsh noise fan, but it was something like, well, that's interesting. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, what other things are there? You know, what what other stuff are people into? Uh, and that just, you know, that's open up the, the rabbit hole and, and you find all these other microcosms in, in the uh, musical landscape uh, from there. <laughs> and eventually I shed the idea of, of gothness. I mean, it didn't last too long uh, once I started, graduated high school. It's kind of a good high school thing. Right, you know? right, right. But um, <laughs> it led to all sorts of musical discoveries. But the 4AD stuff, mm. still come back to. I love right, the right. sensitive, sad Yeah, music. the kind of the, the ethereal... <laughs> love uh, the ethereal stuff, absolutely. Guitars and ethereal vocals. I can, I can, I can definitely yeah. still see that. Um, so, okay, so it sounds like... Um, so, Stephen, you kind of came from this, like, folk post-punk ba- background. 
Frank, you're all in with the guy. Just, just say it like it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's like it's. I cringe a little bit, but I have to be honest because it's it's part of who I was and no. who I am. Yeah, like I mean, I, I like, <laughs> like I, I no, I, I totally get it. Like, um, I felt like I kind of had this um this thing in in high school where like, I I, I was very sort of like like mainstream in, mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. but then like I had like. You know, like all these like like different like musical proclivities. Okay. Where like um, you know, like the goth kids, I'd be like, mm-hmm. like yeah, like you know, like Joy Division. Joy right? Division. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like you know, fantastic. Like yeah, like pound it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and then like you know, um, <laughs> or like like the like you know like the metal kids or you know. Sure, like, sure. You know, I'd be like, yeah, find some common ground. Slayer rules, right? <laughs> You're right. Like, yeah, Slayer rules. <laughs> um, yeah. So like uh. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, I, I hear you, and 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 one of the things, maybe the reason why I've sort of like, sort of landed, um, and and sort of like, really, I really gravitate towards this kind of catch-all thing of like mm-hmm. experimental music, is that it doesn't, um, it doesn't dictate in a uh, like what your subculture is. It it, it, it doesn't come with a codified dress code. It doesn't come with a codified sound. Right. Um. It, you you can you can sort of be yourself and um yes and and just sort of like you know uh fall into all these like musical niches and you know uh things that might align with your philosophy or gender politics or, or whatever mm-hmm. um w- without sort of dictating any sort of like outward allegiance to it mm-hmm. um and so yeah i mean i, I don't know really where i'm 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 just kind of re- reacting to you know your your thing of, yeah. of getting into God oh, hardcore. for sure for sure I think that's part of for me it was part of just growing up mm-hmm. and and realizing that uh, you know I didn't have to identify myself with my clothes as much or identify myself in like a narrow minded sort of way um, I I think I think also just kind of like being an adult who's really passionate about. Um, music that is honest and uh real and, and that touches something that is you know uh, really honest uh that that's something i'm very interested in. something that's, that's unrefined mm-hmm. that is that is uh still very raw and uh maybe maybe unrefined is not the right word because i i like <laughs> i like things that are that are thought out but there's still an edge to them yeah yeah you know I, I don't know how to put it into words better, which is why music is, is a good way to do it. <laughs> right, it's a subjective thing. So let's kind of talk about where we're at now. Um, so Stephen, um, it's always kind of weird talking about like your like kind of describing what what you do or something like that. But for um, you know maybe people who for both of you guys haven't heard your music, um, Stephen, can you describe a little bit kind of what your intentions are when you create music and, and maybe what you're drawing from and, and what you create. Cause, cause you, I mean, from the set that we saw tonight, I mean, you, you don't even, you don't even have a pedal. You know what I mean? It's, it's very immediate. It's very direct. It's, it, it works within, um, let's say a framework that a lot of people are, are used to maybe like, uh, like, like folk or even like kind of like blues in a way. But is uh, th- there's 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 something that's a, a lot more immediate and even a lot. I don't know, like just it's it's it is that, but it it's not that. <laughs> could you could you maybe react to that or or just like 
describe maybe a little bit of what your intention is? Um, sure, try to. Um, I think that I never really uh, was that drawn to using pedals mm -hmm. with playing guitar. Um, and I mean, in Poet and Revolver, um, TJ kind of messed with some pedals and alternate tunings, and I was kind of on the opposite side of that doing, I was playing uh, standard tuning, uh, but just kind of playing off of what he was doing, you know, um, and uh, as far as what I'm doing now, um, I mean, I could definitely say that, you know, some, some of it was kind of coming from, you know, of course, the past and, you know, uh, three-fourths of the band played on my last record, so hmm. uh, definitely still kind of coming from that, but I don't know. It's kind of going back to trying to do something different, you know, trying to do something because a lot of people are who are making experimental music with guitars um, rely on pedals a lot, and I wanted to try something else, you know, um, rely more on, uh, what I was trying to express, um, lyrically and with my voice and with, like, kind of fairly basic guitar work, I guess, um, but... Within that though, there's something there's something that is hard to define. Yeah, right? and that's and that's what we're. Yeah, yeah. And that's the interesting thing about it is is you you can say it and say the ingredients. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, I know what that sounds like. But then you you hear it and you're like, no, this is different. There's something else. There's something else there. Right. For sure. And and maybe maybe lyrically, um, what do you what do you draw a lot of inspiration from? Because it seems like you, your music is very much. Uh, kind of driven by by lyrical content. Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, kind of hard to explain. Uh, when I'm trying to write uh, lyric songs, I definitely am reading a lot of poetry at the time. Uh, kind of draw from. I don't know if I want to drop any poets' names. But, uh, and just reading, I just like, when I'm trying to write, I'll read a lot um, to just kind of, you know, be in that kind of place. Um, I don't know, it's, I guess, like, some of, a lot of my, what you would say is experimental about my music, I think maybe is in the way that I deliver the lyrics mm -hmm. or the way that I write lyrics. Um, I, I, I'm trying to do something that's pretty, um, I don't know, it's another thing like with, you're saying, oh, you don't, you know, you're making guitar music, but you're not using pedals. I mm -hmm. think it's kind of, I, I take the same kind of approach with lyrics with, I think a lot of people who make, who um, have lyrics in their music, um, will just pile lyrics on, you know, just like try to get as much in as possible. And I kind of go the other way, I guess. Try to say 
as much with it as little words possible, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely understand that uh, that temptation um, where you're sort of writing out of desperation because you, you, you kind of, I don't know, you, you just want to just wanna say something. You don't, you don't care what it is. It's like, oh, I got to think of the next verse or something like that. Yeah, but no, it, it definitely seems that you're, um, especially your, your lyrical delivery and, and your lyrical content, um, it, it's really interesting because there's a lot of like really intricate and sort of like deft guitar work happening but your your melodies are um they're, they're recognizable and, and they're memorable but at the same time they sort of follow that um the sort of that maybe the un unpredictableness of where you're gonna go with your guitar work um and so yeah I, I i i sort of like the instead of the additive approach sort of the uh the whittling down of um of uh, in, until you kind of distill the essence, and I think maybe that's the difference a lot between writing a song and writing poetry. Um, is you know writing poetry is you're trying to get the most mileage out of uh, a single word or a single phrase, um, where you know and, and you and you can be as, as you know a a uh, a single word placed after another word can have you know significant meaning. Um, whereas I feel like a lot of standard pop songwriting is just trying to get you from, just trying to get you from the verse <laughs> to like the sweet money shot, you know, yeah. the chorus. um, and, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, that's definitely how I respond to, um, to your songwriting and, and, and to your, your vocal delivery and, and the way that it sort of follows, um, kind of the intricate guitar work that, that, that you put in. I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> but, um, yeah, 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 I try to, you know, when I perform live, it's, I try to, you know, I don't, I don't improv the lyrics, but I mean, I think there's, there's still some improvisation built in based on what I'm doing on guitar, I guess. Um, but, which just makes it more interesting, mm -hmm. I think, but yeah. Well, and so Frank, you you have a lot of pedals. I, I I've seen more. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've definitely seen more, but in in, in, Not in the contrast, most. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I do. Yes, I, things are affected more. Yes. Mm -hmm. And 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 tell tell us a little bit about your approach and, and your intent. Well, I I think a lot of it goes back to um, Lee Noble and No Kings um, showing interest in something I was doing. So. I had a lot of uh, kind of solo ideas formulating in my head um, and I would do a lot of kind of demo things and I was starting to, this is probably, oh, what was this, 2006, 2005, something like that, and I was looking into maybe putting this into uh, a cohesive framework a little bit more and, and Lee was willing to put something out of mine on on No Kings, which at the time was not what it is now. It was, mm -hmm. it was a very smaller CDR label. <clears throat> and he put out my first album. And after that, I kind of looked back at that. I almost looked back at that album, which is called Some Triggers, as a kind of like a touchstone to something I think about a lot. Like it had a lot of stuff packed into it that I still go back to and uh, 
maybe not like the album as a whole is not a masterpiece by any means, but I think about a lot of the ideas I was I was working hmm. through at that time and work through them now. A lot of what I'm interested in is uh, like subconscious cues or or things that kind of trigger um, feelings for me. Um, very interested in, in memory and the idea of memory being kind of an abstracted uh, thing and uh, something that changes over time or is uh, built upon or remembered differently. Um, you know, I'm into uh, surrealism, you know, the ideas behind early surrealism and the ideas of using dreams and, and the subconscious mm -hmm. as kind of a cue for what you're doing, like automatic writing, you know, those sorts of things. Mostly what I do is, um, is, is, happening at the same time as I'm doing some kind of visual work and usually there there's something happening under the surface of those things that I look back in later and, and see a uh, connection with or I see a, a deeper connection to myself um I don't know I, I'm I, I'm just chasing chasing stuff that that is making me feel a certain way you know and that's kind of what makes me keep recording and producing stuff because I'm excited by it. You know, I don't do things that I'm not interested in and excited by. And a lot of that is feel like you're chasing down kind of an idea or an ideal uh, of what you, you want your music to do to you or how you want it to affect you. Um, yeah, it's it's a combination of kind of like being in sort of a, a dream state where you're hearing things in different ways um, little suggestions here and there, maybe a meaning that is abstracted. It's not necessarily a clear meaning, but it's something that can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. But, you know, I'm, I'm very drawn to things that are personal to me. So I try to find things that have some sort of personal connection. And whether or not the listener gets that is, um, you know, I hope they get something, out, get that feeling, but it, it's more of like, that's my reason for including a sound or a, idea right and since that is a subjective reason for doing that mm -hmm. you have no once you put it on public consumption mm -hmm. you know it, it and i think that's really i think that might be a really um uh kind of exciting thing to do to mm -hmm. interact with people who listen yes so like oh like what like how did you yes get, oh you got uh, this out of that oh that's interesting sure. like that's not what i was thinking but like sure but uh i, I you know like in how surrealism worked you know in the subconscious works is that, you know, it's, um, you know, maybe there is, you know, a, a shared, um, sort of baseline of, you know, symbolism and, and um, yes. things like that, but also yes. our subconscious is mostly, um, experiences that, um, and, and memories and, and dreams that happen sort of below. And so like those, those very personal experiences can kind of here's, rise up to the surface. Here's something I want to throw out to you is the word weird. Mm. So the word weird, and you think about when you say someone's weird or something is weird, it, it is usually, unless someone's trying to, to put on a facade of weirdness, right, it's right. usually just they're being so into their own thing that it's like coming from a different planet mm. almost. Mm. And um, I'm really attracted to that. Like I think someone who's so passionate about what they're doing almost, you know, I'm, I'm interested in outsider art, this idea, which I, you know, it's such a loaded term, but yeah, this idea yeah, yeah. of an untrained or a, uh, someone who is, is, is not part of an institution perhaps. And they, they're just doing it because they're drawn to something. Um, there's like a purity to it, to it, to a certain degree. So I think that 
that weirdness is is a good thing to chase too. It's not necessarily a um, you know again it can go so wrong when someone's trying to do it forced, forced yeah, weirdness. Yeah, yeah. But um, to to me, I I just it's synonymous with personal and um, something that's it's personally poignant to a point where. I, I know something's good when I'm almost a little embarrassed to, hmm. to show it or I'm yeah. like, ooh, that's a little too, too off or, or I don't know. You know, I, then I'm like, that's probably something I should chase down. For sure. For sure. I, I, I like that approach. I guess I never really thought of weird. I've always kind of like thought of weird as a, like sort of a pejorative term, but I, I think, I think maybe people use it as a pejorative because it does make them feel uncomfortable because mm -hmm this person is experiencing this or, or, or living this in such a way that you don't, that you don't get it. It's like, counter, it's like true counterculture. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, I'm not sharing this collective experience with you. I'm sharing my personal, you know, interpretation of, of what I'm experiencing with you and, and you may not get it or, or maybe you will, or maybe you'll see something in it that is some kind of uh, truth or connection to you or maybe it'll just make you feel uncomfortable or whatever yeah you know, i think i think there's some strength to that i've always been attracted to that in in any kind of art i don't know it's yeah that's something i go back to a lot i think about these these ideas again these are kind of things that have been rolling around that's why I'm, i do you know music and art i'm just trying to chase this these ideas that are interesting to me and mm -hmm. they keep morphing and changing so i i just kind of try to chase them down and how, how do you guys feel about extensive liner notes? <laughs> extensive? I'm wondering about extensive. <laughs> like, like people who like um, try to spell out the meaning behind oh. all their all their lyrics and or their or their work, or like this is where I was, you know, when I was writing this, and I this think, is why it's personally meaningful. Yeah, I think they're doing the they're they're being a little too self important. Yeah, yeah, leave, yeah. leave that work to somebody else. <laughs> For sure, yeah. I, I'd so rather their own review. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Self> the <laughs> review. Yeah, or, or like, or like guiding like the reviewer. And yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd rather give that space to something more interesting. I do like lyrics, though. Mm -hmm. when, um, I do like reading lyrics. I know it's not necessarily a, a must-have, but when when I like if I'm listening to an album that does have lyrics, I like to read along, especially the first time, so I can catch everything. Do you think uh, knowing the context is important? Um, yeah, it can be. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it can, in, in that it can, like, for me at least, it, it can deepen. Yeah, for like, sure. The experience. Absolutely. But but I, I go back to, like, hearing a lot of stuff in my teen years that I had no idea what the context was. Mm -hmm. And I and so it forced me to create the context sure. in my head. Sure. And um, that was interesting too but i also enjoy like learning about it later you know yeah. why was this created or whatever yeah and and like even in like um i think it's interesting you know lyrically um you know that that stuff can kind of deepen the experience or it or mm -hmm. you know and, and for me like i learned a lot like just like learn about like the world through yes. like reading lyrics so sure. they'll, they'll like reference something you know and it, like even when i was like into punk and stuff like that like sure i i, I would like like oh what is like you know what is a sandinista you know mm -hmm. like what, what are the clash singing about like mm -hmm. wh why are they singing about granada mm -hmm. you know like and so then i, I do research I'm like oh like there was a war going on I yeah no they're doing some good work there <laughs> yeah that, i mean that's that's almost like uh taking on a, a bigger issue and exposing it in a, in a way i don't know that's 
that's something that's beyond me a little bit. For sure. But but, I but, it, but it. on the other side, on the other side of the coin, <clears throat> when you have a personal relationship with somebody who is creating art and you sort of know the circumstances um, in, in which they uh, kind of created that album. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm thinking of like, you know, Alex Cobb's like new record. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful piece of, of ambient guitar music mm-hmm. that is like totally far removed from like the clash in, in terms mm-hmm. of like specific, specifics, whatever, yeah. specifics. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, because he, he shared a little bit of me of kind of what went into that record, like it, it, it deepens the experience for me. And, and I wonder, yeah. like I'm thinking about that as a listener and as like a writer about music. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like, hard. it's, it's <laughs> like, I feel like it's kind of like a privileged position. Yeah. You know, where... I just don't want it to come across as forced or false. Exactly. You know? yeah. But but I could listen to that record, like... I mean, I don't I don't know if I could, because now my view will yeah. forever be ch- changed and filtered. But I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, like, that's such a powerful record that I could listen to that and, and derive the same sort of, like, um, feelings of, like, loss and mourning mm-hmm. that I, I could... I could mm-hmm pull from that um, without knowing the context of which it came. I haven't heard this yet. You're making me want to, want to hear this album. It's great. I'm, I've got to, got to get this, track this down. Yeah, it's been, you can just go, go get it from Alex tomorrow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I've got a couple of copies. Um, but yeah, so something like that. Um, but yes, so like, um, and, and I think that's, the, I think that's one of the great things about, especially like, um, especially ambient music or, or wordless music. Is that you? You can really pour whatever you have into it, and, and 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 even music with lyrics and stuff like that. Like you can you can derive like you can sort of like in a way you sort of like take possession of those lyrics when you, when you uh, when you hear something that touches you. Like it's 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 not it, it no longer becomes external from you. It's like oh well yeah I I feel that and I know how that is and so like. It's just kind of happenstance that another person is saying it in a different way. Yes. You know, in, in a different way that I'm saying it. So. That's that's what I think it was touching me about C's performance tonight. With it, there's certain, there's something <laughs> there's something going on there. Yeah. I and I think for me it's it's like I, I don't respond to lyrics a lot that they have to almost they gotta make me work for it a little mm-hmm. bit almost yeah, like yeah. And I think I think I think um, things being a little more open-ended, a little more uh, open to interpretation, but they hit me hard tonight. Hit me really hard, and I and I and I don't know why exactly, but but it was you know I've heard them before, but I don't know something about about hearing them more than one time and and just maybe the exp- where I was and and knowing the person delivering them a little bit more each day and, and that it just kind of there's something there that was pretty magical yeah <laughs> I, I had a really good experience to listening to Steve Clearly, it was, it was moving I think yeah delivery wise uh, music tonight was incredible um gotta fire fire that PR guy who's who's running uh oh watch out alligator no, records uh, no PR, stop PR work. um <laughs> Think of all the, the ears this podcast will touch. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I think we've kind of gone uh, first full circle a little bit. Um, 
and we're almost to the hour mark. And, oh, wow. Which is when most people should stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for yes, playing tonight you. and thank sitting you. down with me. And um, Yeah, it's going to be... It's a late night. It's like 2 o'clock. And I, I'm worried that we won't be able to still talk like this once we press the stop. <laughs> it's going to be won't. different. It will. It will. It will.
We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs>